Welcome to the Refuge Recovery Podcast. Refuge Recovery is a Buddhist-oriented path to recovery from addictions. For more information, please visit us at refugerecovery.org. Well, welcome everybody. It is almost 5 p.m. As a reminder, this is not a Refuge Recovery meeting. This is a Refuge Recovery World Services Open Dialogue Town Hall Forum for all kind of uh, questions and discussion around issues with within uh, that come up around Refuge Recovery meetings or such. And um, Vanessa and I are board members and are here to, I mostly answer it, but sometimes I don't know the answer and I turn to Vanessa for some backup. Um, and Vanessa actually asks the most questions. She's got the list of questions that come in. So anyways, open, open forum. Good to see everybody and uh, welcome. And if there's anything uh, on your mind, questions, comments, concerns, uh, clarifications, the floor is open. Are you are you board members or are you board members? <laughs> <laughs> we're not board. We're not board anymore. We don't want to have any board members. We're not, so, we're, not yeah. board, we're not board anymore because we have so many cantankerous members to keep us uh, <coughs> close. Yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, uh, a question came up while you guys were just kind of talking about how to do things just now. Probably, probably one for Vanessa. And uh, Vanessa, I'm not trying to create another job for you, but maybe a service position unless it's already been handled. Um, frequently asked questions like a, a, a working document or is there, has that been thought about already in the works? Um, so I was just thinking like, how, how about a reference for just that? Like frequently asked questions. I, I wouldn't know like how to go and see if my questions have already been asked in these town halls. Um, you know, the, the former incarnation was kind of feebly trying to put something like that together. I think we had a shot at it, you know, and I'm talking about the refuge recovery of, you know, three years ago now or something. Um, and it was tough to, to organize. I think we had a Google Sheets and we're kind of like trying to see what actually constituted a frequently asked question and, uh, and the proper response to it, but it might be no, need I say more? You know where I'm going at with this. Has that uh, been a consideration or something? Yeah. So right now it's like really rudimentary. And I'll share my screen so you can see kind of like what I have going on so far. Um, so whenever we have these Q&As, you can see back on April 15th, um, I, this is just a, a working Google doc and I've just been trying to capture data. And so, um, here's the link to the podcast on the website. And then I just timestamp roughly 
where where things are located um and when it's red i advance it's like advancing to the to a board discussion and then so i don't lose back you know so the way it's working right now it's not the most organized but um someone will send me a question on questions at refugerecovery.org and I will just do a keyword search and because I've like attended these and I know where they are, I can usually bounce back with like, this is the link and this is the minute timestamp. Ideally, this would be the, like the, um, and some emails too, that are like, this comes up all the time. Here's an example of that. Um, so let me stop sharing here. That's rad. Um, is, is that, is that a public document? No. So that's the thing is like, we haven't gotten organized enough because there's always just been so much other stuff to do, you know? So sure. it's like, this is waiting in the wings and then kind of have this little nest of info. And it's trying, I'm, we're trying to decide like, what is the best way to present this? Like, um, do we just put this doc up and let people do a search or do we um, turn these all into, you know, kind of a transcriptual thing or, so I don't know yet how what the best way to disseminate this information is, but at least we have the info organized, you know. Do, so do you think it's something to, you know, to, to create a committee around um, maybe people that are, you know, real talented at that stuff and within our community? That is a Noah question. I am down for anything that adds to spreading information like you know transparency so but noah what do you think about that um i'm I'm open to it i think it probably is a great idea also um you know as well as what vanessa is doing from this actually ask questions here there is a whole faq on the website of um about a dozen or 15 or something questions that we sort of assumed will be asked and are asked regularly. You're aware of that, right, Jeff? Yeah. Um, so I'm mostly like what I think that what I hear you suggesting is coming from these kind of on the on the ground, quite real real life questions. What can we add to those FAQs? What what else can we put that put on there? Yeah, or even like uh, I mean, the reason I check in here is as rarely as I do is because just like I like the kind of real time, like what's the hot topic not, these days kind of uh way of being informed and i don't know i mean i'm kind of talking out of my ass but like having some sort of live document where, where um like vanette what vanessa's saying i and i you know i'm i'm a neanderthal when it comes to this stuff but like doing a keyword search uh where it would bring up a, a number of different times when it was brought up in in the town hall and maybe it was addressed by different members in different ways and you know, people can get different perspectives on, because uh, I get it, I, you know, a, an, an FAQ is, is usually a pretty generic, you know, so. Uh, yeah, and our know. current. You know, I'm just kind current, of brainstorming. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but our current FAQs are more like frequently asked questions of someone who's not already participating in refuge recovery. And so this would be like the FAQs of what we talk about here. And there is going to become a time where, and I think that's also what I'm, I'm waiting for is for there to become like for us to establish enough 
of these questions where we start to see a, some sort of a pattern, right? Like, like, so that we know where to categorize them. These are service questions. These are interpersonal dynamics. These are safety questions. Like, you know, like right now there's just, I feel like there's not enough data in my mind to figure out how to organize that on a web page. So I'm yeah. kind of just like letting it happen a little bit organically. Um, which is, I not, which um, is not usually my my way. <laughs> I got you, and, and I'm I'm I'll, I'll let this go, but because I'm, I'm kind of like making it up in real time, and I'm just imagining something that maybe doesn't exist. But instead of an, an archive, I wonder if it would, it would be like a, a a monthly sort of updated check in of what's going on in refuge recovery, and almost like a, a minutes to a meeting, and people could see. Uh, and and organize that way. I don't know. I, I got to I got to organize it in my head. I love the way you're thinking because that's how we are thinking. Um, and that is something that we want to do as well as like have some sort of like a clearinghouse for what is new in the program, what's changed, and you know, getting our head around the FAQs is probably going to happen first. But to have somewhere where it's just like these are the updates, you know, like if Noah uh, makes a, an edit to something or like when, you know, when the meditation pronouns were changed. Um, so something that we could say, like, these meditations have been updated of this day. And so you can go back and look historically. So we'll eventually get there. We're just not, not there today. Does that, do you agree, Noah? Yeah. I mean, I was, when Jeff was saying that, I was thinking like, Oh yeah, it would maybe be great if we did a monthly newsletter that said that you know that included this is what happened at the town hall. You know, here's some of the key things that were discussed at the town hall or whatever we call this, the Q and A um, this month. What we've done so far, like the you know we we're doing like quarterly newsletters where like every three or four months we put something out if there's something like the change you know like when we change the some of the meditations we change some of the meditation scripts we put out a newsletter saying like please please be aware that this has happened please use these guided meditations uh, where there's those sort of communications that that we want out but we're not doing it monthly at this point um, but might be a good idea to um to do monthly with the updated here's some of the stuff that's coming up at the, at the well, and and also like this i i can see how this can this establishing this q a session can kind of start to push us in the right direction of getting actual conference type stuff going on with the group reps and so they're the ones bringing information back so again, this is like this is like the grassroots little part of it, and and then eventually we'll go into something that's a little more formal and democratic, and that's what I see happening. Because um, right now it's like you know always the chicken and egg, and so right now we're we're just scrambling, scrambled eggs that is. <laughs> cool. Thanks for your time. Kat, go ahead. Hey, everyone. Um, so glad to be here. I was thinking just listening to you all made me think about like how much refuge has changed in the past like year. And like, I don't know how to say this 
correctly, but like, so the last time I, last few times I came to the Q and A, like a lot of the stuff that I thought wasn't like something I could just do on my own. Like I, I felt like I had to ask the board permission to like do these things or like, how do I work through this? So I feel like what are, what are some things that are positively and negatively affecting refugee recovery as a whole? Or like, I don't know how to word this, but like, I feel like a lot of the things that I used to come up with in my head, I don't really have that many questions anymore. Does that make sense? Or like, I don't know what to ask anymore. I'm just like, well, it's up to the group. So where do I go now? Like, what do I ask? So I don't know what y'all thoughts are on that. Um, you know, my, my sense is that part of the reason we established this was because there have, it was, there was a changing of the guard and um, every time there's a changing of the guard and some changing um, that happens, there's going to be questions and concerns and like, hey, we were told this, you know, so when the previous board disbanded and, and you know, then Joseph uh, stepped in and then Joseph was having some of these and he was saying things need to be done this way. Uh, and then Joseph and I had some major disagreements about how things should be done. And so as I stepped in, uh, then people might ask the same questions, be like, hey, Joseph told us we had to do it this way. And I'm coming and saying, uh, not my perspective. I think that actually often the um, reality is, is that it's not up to me or Joseph or the board that that's a group conscience issue and that that's something that your group needs to vote on and figure out for yourselves rather than us from World Services telling you um, what to do. Um, so having, you know, having these as, you know, I want to be a resource, me, Vanessa, the board of directors, you know, want to be a resource, but a lot of the time it is going to, and, and, you know, share my interpretation of, of the um, guiding principles or, you know, Vanessa and I had an interesting uh, uh, back and forth just before this meeting started about a meeting that um, is doing some Q&A in the meeting, that part of their format is there's a speaker and you can ask the speaker questions. And, you know, Vanessa's initial sense was, I think that's against our guiding principles, that's crosstalk. And my initial sense is, it's not crosstalk if it's the format to ask questions and answer them. Uh, it's crosstalk if, if uh, you know, if you ask me a question and then, you know, Cato answers it for, for me <laughs> or Jeff does or something like that, somebody else jumps in. But if it's actually the format of a meeting to have Q&A, it hasn't been done much in refuge recovery, but it's done in 12-step rooms. I, I go to some 12-step meetings where they do Q&As. I always find it really strange um, that you're going to just like ask another addict, openly ask them questions. Um, but it's done. You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tradition in, in some recovery spaces. Doesn't to, From my perspective, it doesn't seem to be against the... Uh, guiding principle, because I wouldn't consider it crosstalk if that's the format. Um, and I don't think we have any prohibition against a format that says we're going to do a, 
rotating Q&A with different speakers. If there was one secretary who was saying, I'll answer your questions, that would be 100% against our guiding principles if there was one person playing teacher in a meeting. But you know, if, if, if the 13, 14 of us said, hey, we're gonna take turns sitting in the hot seat and asking each other questions about recovery and how you do recovery, kind of cool. And from my perspective, kind of like, cool, let's all ask Michelle about her meditation practice. Okay, now let's all ask Chris about her meditation practice. Okay, now let's all ask Cato about, you know, his inventory. How's that, you know, like, and we all agreed to that's the format. It's not crosstalk because we've agreed to it. Now, if I start answering for Cato or commenting on what Michelle said uh, or, or what Vanessa said, then it's crosstalk. So I know I went on a tangent there, but yeah. <laughs> the tangent being, um, you know, the, the, this is just an opportunity to kind of get my perspective and some, some board input and interpretation and knowing that we'll have different interpretations. Yeah, no, it was an honest question. Cause I just feel like I don't have like much ideas other than like artistic ones or like you know, when something comes up randomly, but I, I, I like these and actually I'm glad that we still have them. But I was just wondering what y'all take was on that and like where we're going from here, you know? I mean, my sense is that um, as soon as there's not much to discuss here, we don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's fine also to get together and visit, but we, maybe we don't need to do it every month if the Sangha is not coming with many issues if most of the issues have been, uh, you know, kind of, if it's clear enough, if our guiding principles are essential elements, the, you know, the Sangha is doing, if it's clear enough, then we don't need to do this. This is just to clarify. I like the kind of workshop kind of thing though. And I think that's more like for um, the, convention but I feel like kind of having little workshops on the side would be kind of cool just discussing different things and like not at the convention but like on the side like this like maybe I don't know ideas and stuff um I, I think that's a I think that's a great idea Kat um my sense is that that Maybe that needs to come from world service initially, but for the most part, we, I would want to see that coming from the intergroup kind of thing and, and more of the kind of from, from the groups themselves and the group reps um, rather than from the top down. I'd, I'd rather see those kind of like discussions that I'm sure the board would be happy to be part of, but not to lead as much as like support the sangha and having those conversations may i get a little clarification on that noah because right now we currently do not have intergroups so what would be if if not from a top-down approach like how would that work where intergroups could be formed yeah well and that's one of the um you know, when I was saying it, I partially what I was saying is sort of not yet that that needs to come from uh, 
And we haven't gotten there yet. I have some general ideas, um, but I think that we actually need to come up with a number, like how many groups in a region or a state or whatever it is need to be present and represented by a group rep in order for that region to form an inter-sangha. And we haven't gotten there yet. Um, we do need a minimum. You know, we don't want to say, you know, there's a, um, you know, two meetings in uh, Washington and they can have their own inter-sangha. And those two meetings get to make decisions. Uh, for the intersanga gets to make decisions. We ran into this in the past. We, so we want to say like, oh, maybe it needs to be 10 groups for there to be an intersanga, some, some arbitrary number that's like a critical mass um, of meetings in order for there to be uh, an intersanga that um, you know, has enough group reps where they meet and start having some of these discussions. And the, whenever I look at that, format the, the challenge the hiccup is always online the online sangha like how to organize that because it doesn't it's not found found geographically but that to me is like where my brain shorts out yeah and then is the inter sangha broken down as you know all 80 meetings or however many we have as one area, which is what we did in the past in refuge recovery. There was an, you know, an online sangha with, with representation, but there was only a handful of meetings. There wasn't 80. So now, you know, do we, how do we break that down? Um, you know, and so maybe we look at the numbers and we say there's four or something like that. There's four different inter sanghas for the online and we don't, it doesn't need to be regional. Yeah. Count it out. You're a one. You're a two. You're a three. You're a four. You could even you could even do day. Uh, you know, time of day. Like there's the the a.m. Oh. meetings intergroup. There's the midday. You know, meetings intergroup. There's the p.m. meetings intergroup. You know, intersanga kind of. So, uh, anyways, we're just thinking out loud here, but we oh, we do need to move towards that kind of organization. So welcome to the board meeting. You guys are all on the board now. Who's going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking about that time of day and time zone thing, you know, because I'm in whatever it's 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. I'm in a meeting every single West Coast evening, and I sort of track with about seven or eight people that I see every single night, you know, so that's an interesting grouping. Yeah. And then when I pop into the West Coast morning meetings, I see you know, some of the, some of the, that's like a different group of people that I see there sometimes. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. Yes, thank you for illustrating why I have no interest in being on a board. Uh, that whole Intersanga thing was, was wild before. And now, as Vanessa said, with the online, you know, being such a big part of our community. Um, but I like yeah, Michelle suggested time zones as another thing. But I wanted to go back to uh, that kind of informal uh, workshop Q&A thing that that uh, you guys were talking about with Kat a little bit and just um, 
say that it, there's something that I just started doing with a group of guys because I, I mentor a couple of guys and they now are mentoring others. And I just said, hey, like one of all like six or seven of us have just have like a group meeting this month. And it went so fucking well. And I, I, it was kind of like this, you know, and uh, it was, you know, somewhat structured. Let's do some introductions. Let's kind of have a, a, a way to so everybody gets their time to go through this thing. But it, it, and again, this is not refuge recovery meeting. It was something that we just kind of created offline. Um, and it felt good. And people liked the, the, the opportunity to cross talk and do all this stuff, but, you know, outside of the, the refuge recovery thing. So I just wanted to mention that as like to Cat, like you have the freedom to do those things and, and, and create fellowship uh, in small groups elsewhere. And, and uh, uh, you might get the same desired effect out of it in, in a more intimate setting. So. Just my two cents. Thanks, Jeff. George. Thank you. Um, I had a, a question that I'm not sure how how many people this might apply to. Is maybe I don't know, but uh, you know, in 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 Buddhism, we have you know lots of different um, branches. I guess you know Tibetan Zen you know, all these other, and I'm wondering sometimes, um, in the group or in the refuge recovery context, uh, is it appropriate? Like, are we, would it be inappropriate to bring in ideas or concepts as long as they're related to the process of recovery, uh, from branches, specific branches of Buddhism, like Zen Buddhism, or if, if, if that's your background or, is it more appropriate to stick to what is in the book and not really veer too far outside of that? I just don't want to, I guess there's a risk of mixing in things that are not really refuge or that maybe be, maybe getting too, and religious isn't really the right word, but maybe a little bit too much into the Buddhism kind of stuff that maybe, maybe may push newcomers away. I'm wondering if you have some, guidance or input on on that i do <laughs> um on a personal level it's totally fine to you know for me to you know or you for any of us you know be in a meeting and get called on or whatever and to say you know Part of what I'm sitting with in my recovery today is this thing I heard from Thich Nhat Hanh or the Dalai Lama or, you know, and to talk about our own, something that's inspiring me or something that I'm, you know, that's not from the refuge recovery book, but it's a kind of, you know, this, this Zen teaching that I'm sitting with. And this is how I'm working with it in my own recovery. As long as it's from a personal level, it's totally cool. Um, what's not okay is to, um, bring outside literature into a meeting or to, you know, as a secretary or, you know, to kind of do any teachings or, or kind of start explaining to uh, everyone else in the meeting, um, you know, why Zen is so cool or why Chogyam Trungpa and, you know, whatever it is like, so we have to leave, uh, you know, it's, there's the, um, uh, guiding principle that says, you know, we have no opinion on, other religions or Buddhist traditions. So as a program, we can't promote 
any other, you know, and so as a meeting, you know, the meeting can't be like, hey, we're a Zen refuge recovery meeting, we're a Mahayana refuge recovery meeting, we're a, you know, Alan Watts, you know, this is the Alan Watts group of refuge recovery, like, it's not cool, you can't do that. But if you love Alan Watts, and you're talking about a Dharma, you know, I heard this Dharma talk from Alan Watts, and, you know, he wasn't that drunk, uh, when he was giving the talk, and I could kind of understand him, and it inspired me in this way. That's fine for you to say that, or me, or um, just to not, but as, as refuge, we need to stick with the book. Um, I don't know if you're aware, George, I didn't think you were around, but part of what happened with the previous board um, was that they really felt like it needed to be um, bigger and different than the refuge recovery Theravadan perspective. And so just before this sort of the end of the previous board and the lawsuit against me, they told every refuge, we had almost 800 refuge recovery meetings and they told every refuge recovery meeting, you can use any literature you want in your meetings. You don't need to use the refuge book. You can read any books. And you know, it was a kind of, on some level, it's because of this question. There's great information out there, right? There's, you know, there's Buddhism is rich and deep and, you know, full of all kinds of different cool teachings and teachers. I certainly don't have the corner on it. And refuge recovery is, you know, just a simple formulation of the four truths and eightfold path for us. The problem is, as soon as you do that, Alan Watts comes into the room who is a practicing alcoholic. Chogyam Trungpa comes into the room who is a practicing alcoholic. The Spirit Rock IMS Insight teachers, none of whom actually follow, or hardly any of whom follow the fifth precept and actually abstain. The Japanese tradition, the Korean tradition, the Tibetan tradition, none of whom you know, have as part of their teaching abstinence from alcohol and drugs. And now we're in a Buddhist conversation from people who aren't practicing the Buddha's early teachings about abstinence. And we're a group of people who are committed to abstinence and it's so confusing. And I don't know how much you've gone into this, George or other people, but when you start getting, you know, you start digging deep into Buddhism, you're like, Buddhism's amazing. How come all of these people aren't sober like the Buddha suggested? Right? What, what, what has happened here in the religious structure that has led people away from the sober-minded mindfulness of the Buddha into Tibetan rituals where they're drinking alcohol as part of their religious ritual, or Zen where it's encouraged, you know, drinking sake is cool, or the um, Shambhala tradition where uh, you know, Trungpa encouraged people to drink, to loosen up, you know, before giving Dharma talks or, um, you know, or the kind of spirit rock uh, insight traditions, which I'm definitely uh, part of my lineage, but where they're not sober. And, you know, and they might be, you know, there's a lot of encouragement towards like plant medicine and psychedelics and all of that stuff that us recovering addicts don't need to be encouraged towards, especially by our Dharma teachers. So 
it's just too dangerous for, from my perspective, for us as a program to be loose around it. We need to say, hey, we're doing this abstinence-based, Theravadan-inspired uh, Buddhist approach. And uh, for now, what we have is the refuge recovery book and the Buddhist teachings there. Look outside in your personal life, read stuff, study, do that. Don't bring it into the meetings. Does that make sense? And happy if there's any pushback from that, George, or, or questions or. No, no, no. I just, uh, there had been, no, I, I really appreciate that clarification because I didn't want to, I didn't want to come into a meeting and share about something that was not, not appropriate. Um, you know, because I've, I've been practicing Zen Buddhism for a while and, and it's, it's sometimes it just, it, as I'm sharing, it just kind of comes out because it's so much part of my life. But I wouldn't go as far as to bring literature or encourage people to, hey, why don't you come over to my group and check it out? You know, and it wouldn't, uh, it, 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 I wouldn't take it to that level. But I was just kind of wondering, is it inappropriate to maybe identify sometimes as practicing Zen or say, you know, this is what this is what I do for my personal recovery? Um, is, that's not without outside of the bounds of what, what's OK. No, that's totally, totally fine. Just like it's fine if somebody in a refuge meeting talks about their relationship to God and some sort of 12-step Judeo-Christian higher power that they have. That's okay, too, as long as it's that individual sharing their perspectives and not saying, and we all have to believe this, or, you know, you won't stay sober if you don't believe in the 12 steps. That's, you know, like, again, it's somebody's personal opinion, and it's probably been said before in a meeting. Um, but that's the stuff that we want to avoid. As long as you're sharing from a direct, how Zen has helped you, you know, and, and also maybe, you know, sometimes it's good to say, uh, you know, I was practicing Zen and I didn't stop drinking, you know, and there's something here that's supporting me stopping drinking in a way that Zen didn't, you know, if that's true for you, you know, I, I, I ran into, Kevin Griffin recently, who did the Buddhism and the 12 step stuff. And in the early days, I was talking to Kevin about helping me start refuge. And he was hesitant because he's one of those guys who was like, he's like, look, I was a Buddhist for years doing retreats, doing this stuff, and I couldn't stop drinking. So I'm, he, he was like skeptical. I'm not sure if Buddhism by itself is going to even work for us addicts and alcoholics because it didn't work for me you know was his perspective he said i needed to do the 12 steps that's why i do buddhism and the 12 steps you know and, and my own view with with him was hey you know um actually if you had had buddhist recovery meetings like we're creating it probably would have worked for you even better than the 12 steps <laughs> you just didn't have that and going to a retreat by itself and then drinking in between retreats not the solution <laughs> You know, we need much more community um, and, and, and an actual process of how to use Buddhism to as an intervention for addiction, which we now have. Vanessa, jump in. Hi. Um, so I just want to, you know, we have... Um, now the, the codependency relationship and 
group for family and friends of addicts and alcoholics every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific called True North. Um, and, you know, we read something from the book that pertains to that, those topics. And we're, we're kind of starting to um, reread the same stuff because there's, there's a lack of, of that in the book. Um, there's no to the wives section, you know, big book. So I know that you are plans for a second edition of the book. Um, can you speak a little bit about um, if more of those elements will be included in the second edition? Um, what what your what your approximate timeline is, if that even exists for when it will happen? Just kind of some some information around that so that I have a placeholder in my head. Um, yes, I will try to include more stuff around process addiction around relationships and codependency and, and maybe even some short piece to like families of addicts, um, as a, as a short chapter, I think that would probably be useful. Um, We'll see what comes out. Um, you know, my experience of addiction is uh, pretty narrow around substance. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with process addiction and codependency. And so it's uh, hard and kind of presumptuous of me to write too much about it. I am open to uh, working with others and, and you know, some some black belt uh, Al-Anons to help, you know, with that sort of uh, creation of that literature. And uh, I feel like probably it's best, you know, for me to uh, admit that I don't know what I don't know. Um, and I also, and uh, you know, again, I could be wrong, but my sense is literature is important, but the Dharma will heal all. And, you know, um, it is different, you know, when we can practice abstinence versus when we have to create a, our own bottom line behavior and, um, and develop abstinence, or, you know, around that bottom line behavior. It's, they, are, they are different, you know, just not smoking crack is different than not uh, manipulating, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, way easier to not smoke crack than to not manipulate. <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, not that not smoking crack is all that easy, but you know what I mean? You can just stop some things and other things are just so deeply when it comes to behaviors and processes. Uh, it's a, it's a, a much bigger challenge for, for us to, I believe, address. As far as timeline, um, I am going to finish the second edition uh, edit last summer. And so now it's, um, you know, almost Christmas and uh, I, I've been uh, somewhat procrastinating uh, to be honest, but also I just, I don't, I haven't had the space. I haven't had the, the time and the space. I gotten myself too busy to really give it the time. Um, and I'm actively making room and, uh, um, 
kind of, it feels like a triage, you know, like the hierarchy of needs. Um, I've got, there's, you know, like what's most important. And it feels like when I, I feel like it's up at the top of the list of what's most important. And the reality is I don't make it most important because I'm busy like counseling and, you know, trying to make a living and, and uh, you know, pay the rent. Um, but I'm shifting that, you know, as, as, as you know, Vanessa, to be able to focus much more on, on the administrative and, you know, writing side of things. Um, so I'm hoping that in the new year, uh, I'll, I'll get quite a bit of that done and really have it as a core part of my weekly work schedule. And uh, so maybe my next summer or something, but even when I finish it, then the publisher will take a while to turn it around and actually publish it. They've agreed to publish it, but it's a slow process. Once they get the final manuscript after an edit goes back and forth, even with just a second edition like this, they still might take a year before they put it out. Okay, um, thank you. And yeah, I mean, because the, that's the issue that we face in this program and what makes it so complex is that we all have different different things that we're working on and variations, combinations of each. And so, yeah, if we're too vague with the language, then it doesn't target any of them. And if we're too targeted, then it leaves out some people. It's almost like Dharma Mad Libs, like you need to fill in the blank, you know, food, drugs, Wink sex. Wink. Yeah. But I do believe that, you know, the Dharma will heal all, but um, for people who don't know that it's like the language is, is limiting sometimes if we don't include it. Thank you. Kat, go ahead. Okay, so I have a question. Uh, Vanessa made me uh, think of something to ask you. So, or ask any of you um, who know the answer. So I was wondering, is there going to be more stories in the new edition and then also is there going to still be a documentary refuge ah sorry refuge recovery documentary um so i'll an i'll answer the second part first which is I, I think the answer is yes that um russ and phil and there's a team of people that have a whole bunch of footage and, and are um, working on editing and probably want to get a little bit more footage, but that there is a refuge recovery documentary in the works. Um, along those same lines, Kat, you and, and everyone else here, you know, there was this movie being made about refuge, about kind of sort of sort of about me creating refuge recovery. And then in the middle of it, it was interrupted by the sort of, you know, accusation and the sort of uh, separation, lawsuit, all of that stuff that happened in Refuge. So they shifted the narrative a little bit to like, whoa, look at like Noah created Refuge and then look at what happened um, and how Noah navigated what happened. So it turned a little bit more into me than it was, it was a bit more focused on Refuge and then it became a little bit more about me. And the world premiere of that film is going to be in your neighborhood in a couple of weeks on December 10th, like three weeks or whatever that is away in uh, San Rafael up in Marin. 
Um, and I'm going to be there doing a Q&A. So I hope you come, Kat and Jeff and Vanessa and anybody else that's in that region. Michelle, you can come down and anybody else that's in, in northern Chris, you can come up from Santa Cruz. Like if you guys want to, there's going to be this movie. And it talks about the kind of formation of refuge and then the kind of uh, things falling apart and then things re rebuilding. Um, in the film. Is this a new one? Um, not the one where, not the one that was like out for a while and then it got like disappeared. Cause that one was pretty rad too. You might have seen, I don't know what that one's called. You might have seen the Dutch version. A Dutch filmmaker made it. It's called Dharma Rebel, Noah Levine. Yeah, that's the one I saw. That's the one that they're doing, but they're doing the, the American film release, which is a little bit different than, than the one you saw last year, I think. Can you post information about that um, so we can all go? <laughs> that would yeah. be cool. Yeah, it'll be posted. Uh, it'll be posted on my social, probably not on Refuge social, but on my social. Hey, check your, or, or if you know, check your dates on that. Cause it's a, it's a film festival. It said it was like from the 10th to the 12th, but your film is on, I think the 11th at like one thirty. So I don't know what your, do you know what your schedule is there or what, how that? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. The 11th, which is Saturday. Yeah. And it's at one thirty during the day on that Saturday. Right on. And that's the only time that they're showing. it. Cool. Because they're they're all all of these there's a Buddhist film festival and all of the films are premieres you know yeah. stuff that didn't get to be released the last couple of years because of COVID. I'm gonna catch you and then drag you up to the bagger races with us on uh, on Sunday in Sonoma. Oh, that's what you're doing. Okay. Um, wait, but well, then I didn't answer the first part of the question, which was uh, more stories. More stories. What do you guys, what do y'all think? I vote, I vote yes. You gotta like the online sangha on this. Online, say it again, Michelle. I said, yeah, you need to include some of like the online sangha business too. People that got sober that way. Yeah, that is a whole thing, right? Like people that didn't, didn't go to in-person meetings and got sober. Yeah. That's an interesting piece. Um, what, I'll, here's what I'll say. I'm going to be a little bit elusive. Um, what I'll say is that for sure the old stories will be removed. I have a suggestion, Noah. <laughs> I, I think I think everyone should write their stories for submission, and Michelle should read them all and then give us the top ten. I could do that. <laughs> Yeah, doing like an open call for stories would be um, a lot. There are a handful of people who have sent me some updated stories that I may or may not include in the new book. I haven't gotten completely clear on it yet. Do we really need stories? I don't know. I think I, don't know, some, I, I like the stories. I do. I like relating to people like, oh, that happened. I don't, I don't know. I, maybe because I grew up in AA, I'm just used to the stories and, you know, like, oh, I'm, that's mine. That's my story. So, so you can we, don't need, we don't need them, but I like, I like them. Yeah, I guess that that's the intention in the 12 step world. And certainly my intention in, in the first edition of the book is, especially in the first edition to like 
people who are like, well, what's this going to be like? Give them something to relate to. Um, I have a little bit of a feeling like, well, now you go to a meeting and you hear your, you know, you listen to people and you relate to people. It, it might help fill that gap with uh, process addictions, though, too. Now I have uh, some stories in there around, you know, food, sex, gambling, whatever. Yeah, real recovery from some process addictions. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many different ways that we come here, you know, like, yes, yeah, some on, all online, no meetings, a 12 step, no 12 steps. So having a variety of that, I don't know. I do like the stories. Yeah. Low bottom. Yeah. Not so low bottom emotional yeah mm -hmm. michelle go ahead jump in our editor michelle editor michelle um i did that for a while for a living um you can have like a commit a stories committee that disseminates some of the information and then sends the top ones up the chain that was all i thought about yeah it sounded like that was vanessa's suggestion yeah, no, I was me. I was totally joking, but now that it's a good idea, I would totally <laughs> a book of stories. Let's do I'll a book a, of stories. By that time, I'll be a third edition. <laughs> I have more questions on a new topic. If no one else has anything, go for it. Okay, I'm gonna kind of, I hate the phrase beat a dead horse. So I'm gonna punch this bag of tofu. Um, so crosstalk, I'm, I'm always so confused on what is, what is crosstalk and, and it's just so vague to me. And I feel like it's a, it's now become this like koan, right? Where like, what is crosstalk? And before this meeting, we were talking about something and I was communicating with you something that I want to check out. And I was like, that's crosstalk, 100% point blank crosstalk, no. And then you have a different opinion. And I get, this is the thing that comes up the most in, in, in all of like the business meetings, the after meeting things, it's like this huge gray chasm of crosstalk. Um, and so the, the example that we set up in the beginning was that there's a speaker in a meeting and the meeting, the group has decided that it's okay to have this Q&A format. So questions are coming at the speaker. When we define crosstalk, so again, it's in our essential elements that there cannot be crosstalk for it to be a refuge recovery meeting. Crosstalk is often defined as commenting on or offering advice to others in the meeting. So if we have a Q&A, isn't that de facto commenting on and isn't that crosstalk? And like if you have a speaker, because this this happens in, in, in the speaker meetings, right? Because it's a natural way that we um, communicate with each other is that if I if I tell you my story and then I'm picking people to call on, if I pick on Noah, Noah's going to say, hey, Vanessa, your story was this, and this is how I related to it and whatever like little things we have. So it's kind of a conversation between us in this meeting. And that to me is absolutely crosstalk as well. So I just like, I, I'm okay with it being this gray area, totally like but I think that it can't be both an essential element where we say hard and fast, no crosstalk, but then we don't really define crosstalk. There's like all these little exceptions and caveats because then that kind of like promotes 
Um, what's the opposite of unity? I don't know. I, my, I stand in my day. Um, the opposite of Disconnection, disunity. Disconnection, whatever. Yeah, like not, like headbutting. Like yeah. it's something for people to, to, to disagree on because it's not well-defined. So we should define it? That'd be awesome, but that's not going to happen. It's like trying to like package up water. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it just, it's kind of, it's like, it's, 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 it's the one area that's like this chronic sticking point and where people get their hackles up. And, um, I just think that like either it's, we, we define it or we don't define it. If you say this is against the rules, you kind of have to say what that is that's against the rules because people have different variations of what is what. And like, I, I just, you know, in one meeting it's okay and the other it's not. And then if you have this meeting and they decide with group autonomy that this is the way, then people kind of take that and go with other meetings. And like, it's just really confusing. Lots of hands are going up and down. <laughs> Julie, go ahead. Hey, I just wanted to add on to that one that I have heard periodically, often from secretaries, you know, no crosstalk in the meeting, we're gonna keep the parking lot open. You can cross talk all you want there. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, cross talk, I mean, I, I generally have a life policy of not, of trying not to cross talk people, commenting on, you know, their views and feelings and perspectives. And I, I, I think it's not a bad idea, you know, to not crosstalk in the parking lot as well. I know, and then on the other hand, I think you can't control that because a parking lot is meant to be a parking lot, right? People say whatever they, they wish to say, and then the interplay between the people will sort it out, right? But when you're a Zoom room parking lot just naturally is a different sort of parking lot. And um, the encouragement of, crosstalk as much as you want in the parking lot, uh, you know, then maybe somebody comments on another person's share and they have to be witnessed by all of those folks in the Zoom room. And I've, I've just seen discomfort occur. So I was curious about your thoughts about that piece. Um, otherwise, I think I understand the definition of crosstalk pretty well. No commenting on or um, offering advice seems... I don't know. It seems pretty clear to me. Um, what uh, I kind of want to make a statement, but I want to. I would like to ask you a question, uh, Julie, and maybe Vanessa too. Which is this um, uh, kind of what's what's wrong with somebody saying, like Vanessa's example, of like I really related to that piece. Um, <laughs> when you were talking about feeling suicidal, I also feel suicidal. And it was really helpful for me to hear that um, rather than kind of trying to edit myself and say like, well, I needed to speak for my statements and I'm not gonna refer to the reason I'm talking about this is because it was just said in the meeting or something. 
So if it's positive kind of communication with each other that says, I really related to that and it inspired me in some way, it was helpful to me. Um, is that- I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Is it- I don't no, think- there, There's yeah. nothing, sorry to interrupt, but there's nothing wrong with that, what you just did, right? It, is it crosstalk? I don't know. <laughs> That's my question. I don't know. But there's nothing commenting wrong with that. on. But it's like, but it's when it's when it's like, you know, you talked about of uh, you got drunk and passed out in your story at 26 Avenue Beach, right? And so I'm like, oh wow, Noah. Yeah, I remember those days when 26th Avenue and we used to barbecue and blah, 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 blah. And then it becomes this weird alienation of everybody else in the meeting where I have this, like, I don't know, there's something that feels off about it. Like when people, there's nothing, that's what I mean. Like, like almost a, a private conversation going yeah. on in a public forum. Yeah. Well, there's also going beyond what you said. If somebody stopped, uh, I really related to what you said. I also feel that way. That's one thing, but I really related to what you said. I also feel that way. Here's how I feel. Yeah. And then the other person is like, yeah, but that's not how I feel. You know, it's like when people go on and re and recharacterize and, and change the meaning and then maybe the original speaker didn't feel like they were mindfully listened to, but listened to through the perception of the other person, you know, I don't know. Okay. Um, Kat and Summer, and then I'll make a couple and, and George and then I'll- um, and we'll, Real quick, we'll thank end you with so much. Crosstalk topic, go ahead Kat. Um, this is such a big topic, but um, so I, I was wondering if speaking directly at another person in the meeting is crosstalk because there was a situation where the person sharing was having, yeah, like a private conversation about some stuff and it, it was nice, it was positive, but it was uncomfortable. The, the person was speaking directly at the speaker for like, you know, their whole time. And so like, I'm like, what is like, and so I didn't interrupt them, but I just said like, Hey, no crosstalk, but then it's like, what is cross? Yeah. Like, is that crosstalk? Yeah. Yeah. Or is like welcoming the new people crosstalk. I want to really welcome Jeff. I know you're here for the first time. You can do this. If I can stay sober, anybody can, uh, even a degenerate like you, um, you know, like, is that, it is, right? It, it, it is crosstalk, of course. Um, but also it might like save the dude's life or the gal's life or whatever to feel like, oh, wow, I was, I was acknowledged and welcomed into this meeting. And he also might be horrified that he was picked out. Well, if it's, if it's, if it's factually accurate as Noah has, uh, <laughs> it's okay. Just because it's true doesn't mean it's useful. Go ahead, Summer. So first off, I don't want to go. I, I was about to mention a specific thing and ask, but that has to be discussed in a business meeting of that meeting. But I have noticed like some groups clearly define what crosstalk is in there. They add it into the script. Is, is it it's OK to do that in your business meeting and voting on it? Right. Like that scripting. Because I hear some people say, like, really go into detail. They're like, like, cross-talking is, 
direct advice or speaking directly to let's not even name the person like they go really into in depth i think personally which i'm not going to sit and give too much of my opinion because that's not what this is about but i think personally it's totally okay to say it resonates but like when someone um you know like spends their entire share relating to that person personally like as they know that person and they came up with them in their the early years of their sobriety you know it's like when it gets into that you're like this is clearly crosstalk that person knows it's crosstalk everyone knows it's crosstalk so the question was it's okay to like change up the script and add in like a little more specifics right um my my sense is yes and i also have a sense that um probably be good to add like something like this meeting has defined this meeting with a group conscience, you know, I mean, not that you need to say that, but it needs to be clear that like this meeting has defined crosstalk as refraining from A, B, and C rather than crosstalk is defined as, because then other people are going to take that into other meetings and be like, Hey, they define it. Like it's, this is the definition. And it's like, like Vanessa was saying, it's, we all have different ideas about what it is and isn't. And um, one group's definition might not resonate with everyone ever, you know? So Some, you can sorry. do it as a group conscience, but then just be clear, like this meeting is choosing to define it as refraining. Right. From- and even taking away the word defining to, yeah. to make it a little lighter, like this group sees crosstalk as this, this, and this. Okay, thanks. So I'm just double checking our script here (laughs) that we have offered online. All of our scripts say, please refrain from crosstalk. Crosstalk is the commenting on or offering advice to others in the meeting. So if we're going to, so we may want to talk about that. Well, what I was hearing from Summer is the meetings that are then taking that simple two sentence a definition and expanding it and changing it, right? Yeah, but I also, correct. but I'm I'm with Vanessa that actually it's worth uh, revisiting even that definition, you know, uh, commenting on or offering advice. Uh, here's here's what I wanted to say this we coming back to like what's the spirit of this the core of it is we want to try to encourage right speech and encourage creating an environment where people aren't being criticized people aren't being you know where they're not in you know causing harm um we want to encourage an environment where um there's not advice giving you know we've run into this over and over people want to play dharma teacher and in the meeting tell people how they should meditate and you know play therapist and start you know doing and so we want we don't want that to happen we want people to come and share from their hearts from their own direct experience um and so it's quite a good idea to have say something you know to create a a norm around, we we don't do advice giving and we don't do criticism in these meetings. The commenting on, you know, is where we're getting a little into like, what about positive comments? What about welcoming? What about, I really related, you know, is that also crosstalk? Um, 
so it's tricky. And just again, like I know other people have their hands raised, but like the positive stuff too can be really uncomfortable. So like, I don't want a bunch of positive comments when I share. Because also if I don't get them, then I'm sad, <laughs> which is my own shit. But like, depending on the mood I'm in, I don't know. I just think it's very loaded and whatever. I'm done talking. Thank you. Sebastian. Yo, yeah, I was just, um, I think you kind of touched on it right now. Like, you know, the example you gave was like, you know, if they're commenting on in a positive way, right? And then, you know, sometimes people comment on a not so positive way or a very negative way. And it just, uh, you know, when you ask like, you know, so how does that reflect and how does this affect this? And it just makes me think of like, when we talk about like, you know, no meditation teaching, right? A lot of times their intention is good and things like that. But, uh, you know, sometimes because we're not trained in any of that, it might not be good advice. And so I kind of think of it that way that, yeah, there's some opportunity for there to be some positive things going on. Uh, but then you also hear some negative. I like, you know, I, and then uh, that's what I wanted to say about that. But like, yeah, I, get, I dig the, you know, being able to be like, oh, this reminds me of this or that, you know, that's pretty cool. And there's also a way to do it without having to call anybody out. You know, I, it's easy for me to be like, I've heard some shares today that, man, it made me think of whatever. I don't have to be like, Noah, man, when you said this and all of a sudden it's just me and you, you know, or whatever. Uh, there's a way for us to still be able to comment on without calling someone out you know, um, and just, you know, being like, man, this, the, the shares I've heard today kind of made me think of this or whatever. And, you know, I just kind of think of that too. Cause like, um, you know, I've had some people come at me after one of my shares, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I kind of think of that sometimes. Um, and then I do like the thing of like, not giving advice to others. Uh, because again, like, dude, like, you know, um, I've heard some pretty crazy advice, like, Hey, uh, three drinks is better than a bottle, right? Go for it, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's like, so um, I don't know. That that's just a couple of things I wanted to touch on. Thanks, appreciate it, Joe. Last word. All right, uh, quickly. So I was on a meeting. I guess this is about how to handle it um, with right speech after something happens. I was at a meeting and someone was speaking about fear of a surgery and their addiction with medication. And then somebody after them suggested that they should take the medication and they were a professional in that field. And I was, you know, on the meeting, just kind of like, Oh, that feels like crosstalk and, you know, offering advice of you should take medication when you're an addict. And um, nobody said anything. We had a business meeting afterwards and, People were like, yeah, I noticed that that was like that, but no one said anything. So how, if a secretary doesn't say something, is it the co-host or group rep or should someone email? What would be the appropriate way? And would that be a time where someone should say, um, you know, that's not, uh, that's crosstalk? Good question. And the enforcement of, um, you know, if, of course, if somebody's doing something offensive, um, they should be, you know, re removed from the meeting. Um, it's a good question of how much we should 
police each other. When um, when we members of of against of of refuge are you know doing something that has been in you know suggested essential elemented against the uh, guiding principles or whatever, how much should we police each other? And who you know and whose job is it? Um, is it the secretary's job to stop the meeting and be like, hey, that was crosstalk, stop that? <laughs> um, seems like a bit much, you know, to put on a secretary. Um, my sense is that, you know, this stuff is going to happen and that what we want is to just continue building a culture where um, it doesn't happen that much because it becomes more and more the norm. It's not how we speak here. And rather than stopping a meeting when somebody crosstalks to confront them after the meeting, the secretary, the group rep, a friend of that person's in the sangha, the mentor, whomever it is, um, you know, Vanessa taking me aside and saying, you know, no, when you made that comment about medication, that was actually crosstalk. Let's, you know, what we, what, we, what do you, did you, are you aware of that? Are you aware that that, you know, direct advice giving is against our essential elements? Um, and then I might say, yeah, I'm aware of that and I don't care. And Vanessa's, you know, I'm going to just be like, or I might say, I'm, I wasn't even conscious of that. I wasn't being mindful of my speech and you're, and you're right. I, I got to be more careful about that. I'm just so used to sharing my opinion and thinking I'm right that I just do it in meetings too. Uh, and I'm going to start working on that. That's going to be part of my recovery, right? And thank you for bringing that to my attention. So I don't have a, I don't think world services or I certainly don't have a, like, this is how it should be done. I do have some feeling of like, we got to be pretty tolerant and, you know, like this is going to happen. We're going to suggest in the script and it's gonna be read at every meeting to avoid advice giving. And, and are people gonna still give advice? Totally. We need um, to silence them? I don't think so. I think that, you know, that hopefully it'll just be um, rectified in the long-term, you know? There's also this piece around, like if we start policing it too much, we're not creating a very friendly, atmosphere for new people who are coming in and they don't know how to do this. They don't know how to share in a meeting. They think it's group therapy. They think they're supposed to say, you know, I really love, you know, they're supposed to compliment the speaker and, you know, we don't want to be like, hey, stop that. <laughs> you can't, don't talk to me. <laughs> um, so I think we do need to be a little bit gray and a little bit wide with the net that we cast around this while we continue to say, avoid crosstalk, avoid, um, and that each one of us, you know, can take on that responsibility, that service to, you know, take each other aside, or if you're a secretary to, to you know, in the um, parking lot or whatever, it's, it's so difficult. It's, it's, I think it's easier in person than online because like somebody said earlier, parking lot time, only one person can speak at a time. It's not like, uh, Joe, you can say, hey, Noah, can I have a word with you? You got to do it in front of everyone. And only us two can be speaking because of the way that the Zoom cuts out the... Um, so you could say, hey, could I 
give you a call. I want to talk to you about something or, you know, and, and then do it like that so that it's a private conversation. But it's just tricky with the Zoom meetings, don't you think? Um, to not shame people in the middle of a meeting and to not also shame them at, after in the parking lot. Um, I know that's not a very satisfactory answer, but I guess part of it is like, yeah, secretary, group rep, somebody's, somebody that you know, any of us as members could say, hey, you know, Chris can, you know, call Matt and say, hey, can we talk about this? And, you know, Cato can call Jeff and say, hey, can we talk about, you know, that and have an open discussion about it. How about the, how about the old timers in the, in the 12 step meetings that just bark crosstalk? Yeah. So, no, uh, you know, and this kind of brings us back full circle to in the beginning, like Kat's question, like, what are, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> and it's like the changing of the guards and getting things kind of smoothed out because I was told, and I've been up holding the, I, I've been under the impression because I was instructed this way, that it is the secretary's responsibility to call out crosstalk in real time to keep the meeting safe for everybody. And I have done that myself. You know, there was a clear case of crosstalk and, and it was very awkward and weird. And I said, hi, I think that I interrupted the person and said, I think this is crosstalk, but if you want to share on your direct experience, please do, you know, or let, let, like keep it focused. And they said, okay, well, no, I'm done. And I don't know if they were under the influence or what was going on, but in that time, had I have let that go, I feel like that would have actually been a little negligent of me as the host of the meeting. Right. Well, and that again, that's, but it sounds appropriate in that circumstance, you know, from what you're saying, but if, um, if somebody was saying, Hey, I really related to what you said and you butted in and said, Hey, I think that's, oh, no. no, no. Uh, or if somebody was complimenting you and be like, Vanessa, you're amazing. You're I would so definitely never cut that off. <laughs> <laughs> No, but what I'm saying is like, we have to use our, like, you know, our judgment in real time and it's not always going to be the right thing. And in that time I did it, but like, it's, it is because everything is so gray that makes it challenging, you know, cause we're trying to adhere to principles and all these things. And then there's just so many variations. We're over time. Sorry. Well, let's leave it there. There you go. With no real answers. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Hope to see you next month if you feel like coming. And for the first Thursday, and um, there's only a handful of spots left for the Refuge Recovery seven-day retreat in April if you feel like coming and sitting for a week in Taos, New Mexico. We just got back from the three-day out there. It's a really cool little retreat center. Um, so if you want to come and sit for seven days, uh, mid-April, uh, register before it sells out. Manny, and, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, and if anyone wants to send any questions, it's questions at refugerecovery.org. Um, we can take a look at them. Many goodness that comes, any merit developed from our discussion of refuge recovery, the Buddha's Dharma, be shared with all of the suffering addicts in this world. May each of us recover 
and together may we create a positive change on this planet. Thank you all. Good to see you. See you next time. Thanks, Noah. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Refuge Recovery is freely offered. If you'd like to make a donation to support us, you may do so by following the link in the episode notes. We appreciate your generosity.